When should you change your advertising? If you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, the short answer is probably never. Hi, it's Johnny, and here is what I've been musing about. It's a new year. Should we just change everything? During a 12-day celebration called Akitu, Babylonians would make promises to their gods prior to the sowing season. Spring was the beginning of a new year for them, and if you kept your promises, the gods would bestow good fortune. This ritual is likely why we still make New Year's resolutions for a thousand years later. It's our opportunity to start anew and do better. But for your brand, resist the temptation to make changes. For the marketing gods may not look favorably upon you. If you've ever hired more than one marketer for your company, it's likely marketer number two came in and told you to change all the stuff that marketer number one did. Your logo's too old. Your website's wrong. Your advertising is here, and you should be advertising there. Sleeves anxiously get rolled up, and we begin to break things that aren't broken. Changing your brand, or even elements of your brand, should be approached with all the apprehension of a bomb squad. Your brand only exists in the mind of the customer. The fact that you are in your customers' minds at all is a miracle. And to put it another way, most brands aren't in our minds. Most people don't know most businesses. So when should you change and when should you absolutely not change? Well, let's get the easy one out of the way. You should change things when your name is a liability, like Theranos, Enron, Bernard Madoff Investment Securities, or the AIDS Diet Plan. AIDS may taste like a candy, but AIDS contains one of the most effective appetite suppressants you can buy, and there's no stimulant in AIDS that could make you nervous. With AIDS, I ate less, so the weight came off. Your product or service is outdated, if you're running Mr. Terwilliger's fax machine repair, for example. You're entering a new market, and your current brand doesn't fit. For example, Toyota and Honda are not luxury car brands, so they invented Lexus and Acura to play in the luxury car brand game. There are likely other valid reasons, but you get the idea. If there's a major tectonic shift in your business, your product, or marketplace, then yeah, you might want to consider a change. But here's why you should never change. Just because you're bored. Because you hired a new marketing firm. Because a customer complained or because you listen to a podcast. The temptation to want to shake the snow globe and change things up is seductive. We're all business owners and entrepreneurs, and we like things that are new and exciting. But our customers like things comfortable, predictable, and consistent. That's not a marketing theory. That's neuroscience. Nobel winner Daniel Kahneman introduced us to fast and slow thinking in the brain and wrote about cognitive biases back in the 1970s. Dr. John Sweller coined the term cognitive load and described how our brains look for and prefer shortcuts. In other words, when deciding between two brands, our brains tend to gravitate to the one we recognize. Learning new things when we don't have to increases cognitive load, and our brains have better things to do, like breathing. And this is why changing things up is so risky. Memories are built by repetition. If you look at the Campbell's Soup label, you'll see that it's 125 years of looking pretty much the same. That familiar white script, the red banner across the top, and then there's a gold medallion in the middle uh, showing off a prize that they won at the World's Fair in 1900. 
Imagine if they just suddenly changed it up because they wanted to make it modern and appeal to millennials and it suddenly became, you know, orange with, with a yellow font and, and, and crazy laser and just, you know, looking like a rock show poster or something. Whatever memories had been established in the customers' minds would be squandered. You reaching for that familiar Campbell's soup can becomes difficult and the brain would look for the next friendly thing that it sees. Congratulations, Progresso. Your company has logos, colors, phrases, sounds, music, even attitudes. And if you start messing with those things, it's no different than showing up to work each day wearing a wig and a fake mustache. It might be novel at first, but it will eventually just frustrate people. Some of this may sound like it's in conflict with the idea of being unique and interesting and different so you can stand out. I mean, another neuroscience reality is that of habituation. That's when something is so commonplace it becomes practically invisible. Think of the, the low hum of your refrigerator or that crack in the wall that's always been there and you just don't see it anymore. Well, that's a lesson for another day, but it's like a waltz. A step forward, a step to the side, a step back. You got to keep it interesting but keep it within the bounds of the elements you've already established for your brand. What are your thoughts on this? Send me an email, johnny at molsonpartners.com. And if you are listening to this before February 1st, I invite you to go to wizardacademy.org and sign up for Martinis and Marketing. This is a day-long class being taught by Chris Maddock and me. And what we're going to do is spend the day helping you build a story for your business that you can be proud of and take it to market and actually make some, make some impact out there. It's called Martinis and Marketing. It is February 1st. It's virtual. And you sign up at wizardacademy.org. That's all for now. In the meantime, keep musing about marketing because that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm.